This podcast is brought to you by OnTrack Studio. Hi, dear valued listener. This is Matthew from the M&M podcast. Before we march into today's episode, Michelle and I just wanted to take a moment to thank you, dear valued listener, for providing some amazing feedback on our first season. We record most of our episodes in the past, and so we've been receiving some really great feedback. And just on that, if any of you out there actually wanted to connect with us, we now have an Instagram account, which is at the letter M, A-N-D-M, the podcast. So that's M and M, the podcast. And we absolutely welcome you getting into touch with us. Um, give us some word inspiration, tag us in any post that you think might be fun. And we really appreciate all of the support. Now, we hope you enjoy today's episode. Matthew, welcome. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I am excellent. A little moist. Um, it's been raining here for six months and it's very humid. But no, look, I'm really good. How are you, Michelle? Mm, I'm wonderful, thank you. I'm um, marvellous and magnificently moved by being here with you today. Oh, I'm so excited to be back for season two, episode two. Look at us go. You can't keep us down, Michelle. You just can't. Well, once you get to season two, you're sort of famous, aren't you? It's like we're, we're trending now. Mm, absolutely. Those hashtags mm. are popping up everywhere and they all start with M. And I think that will be viral from our last episode on because it was it was a piece of genius, really. Mm, well, I've um, been viral for a few years, but we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> I wanted to thank you for um, uh, introducing us to the milk float. Mm. We now understand what that is and we are pleased that people in the olden days were able to get their milk every day. Mm, mm, fresh mm. milk delivered to your door and if, the, and if the milk float stopped there, you were still whoring. <laughs> the, the whoring featured very significantly, I noted, in your in your story. Absolutely. And I appreciated and your chat about Moscato. I only judged about 70% of the population on that one, so I feel like I've dodged a couple of bullets, but I didn't know half the information that you gave, plus those wraps, honestly. Yeah, it's sweet, fizzy, sweet, fizzy wine, and it makes wrappers... Rap. Lyrics even worse than <laughs> otherwise. And they're pretty shit as it is. Little Kim um, will never be the same. And you're, you, what were you, how you were feeling moody last time, weren't you? I was excited. Were you excited? Mm. I was excited to be close to you again, to, to have this discussion with you and to reopen the box, if you will. It's nice to reconnect, exactly. Mm, That's right. Mm. Yes. Yes. And uh, um, you were, your, your moist moment was about theatre and, and we talked mm. about um, Dodson, Shelley, and please help me out with her full name, the mum, Wollstonecraft. Mm, Wollstonecraft. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just going to put this out there that, yeah, we'll be changing one of those up because I'd like to hear more about that entire story. That was absolutely fascinating. Mm. And we only her got a little. story certainly bears out plenty mm. of chatting about it. And we only got a peek. Um, what have we got on today? Um, well, what don't we have on today? I'm wearing a blue top. How about you? <laughs> I'm in a tutu. 
<laughs> and you. combat boots. I love it. Laurie Petty, eat your heart out. You um, betcha. Well, today I'm going to kick off, if you don't mind. I've got a word that I'd like to talk about. And kick away. This one is kind of gross. And I struggled as well with how to, you know, remember season one with malevolent and malevolent and malevolent. <laughs> this one, I, uh, I followed a Michelleism and I went to the Googs and I followed the intricacies of how to pronounce it because I wanted to say mangy, but it's mange. Yeah, mangy would have been funnier, but it's definitely mange. It's the mange, everyone. M-A-N-G-E, the mange. The mange is a skin disease caused by parasitic mites. Another M word, parasitic mites. So this is gross to your valued listeners. Strap in and, and bring your ear right up close. You'll want to hear all about these horrors. Okay, the, the parasitic mites infect various living things. Um, and I didn't know this, but not just animals. They infect plants, oh. birds, reptiles, predominantly domestic animals. And there is a version of it that also um, attacked the human. We are an animal. Why this came about, the condition became known as the mange, or the mange, mm-hmm. not mange, mange, because the infection the mites cause. So it's the infection itself. So these mites, these parasitic mites, they love a bit of skin, as mites do. That's what they do. They eat the dead skin, right? And if they don't have dead skin, they'll eat the good flesh and they actually burrow in. Oh, right. Mm. So what happens is they embed themselves in the skin of the host or in a hair follicle of the host. Now, they they love a hair follicle because it's already a pre-existing hole Mm -hmm. and they only have to kind of bury themselves next to it and nudge themselves into the hair follicle as Mm. opposed to bite their way in. So mites are fucking tiny. Most of them are invisible to the human eye and I would imagine to an animal and plant eye. So we don't know that they're there. And they get busy straight away because we are like Sizzler on a Friday night to them. We are just endless cheese bread that they can start munching on. Yeah, they are real excited. But they tend to go, look, they tend to go more for domesticated animals in our society, so dogs and cats. And I'm predominantly going to talk about that. Once they get in there, the mites themselves bite and that bite causes an infection. And the infection is what the mange is. Mange. Mm. So you've really got two things going on simultaneously. You've got the mite mm-hmm. and you've got the infection that's caused by the mite being there. Correct. And you it, can't – the reason why I got the name mange is because you can't have one without the other. In other words, there's no mite that burrows into a dog's hair follicle and doesn't cause the mange. It's not possible. It's just <laughs> not a thing. It's like two become one. The Spice Girls sang about right. it years ago. Now, in humans, though, did you? I'm going to pop quiz you here, please, Michelle. What yeah. do you think in humans um, the mange is known as? It's not called the same thing for us. We call it something else. Is it psoriasis? Nope, but it starts with no. S and it rhymes with babies. Scabies. It's scabies. Look at your Ooh, face. Of course. <laughs> Look at your no. dear valued listener. I wish you could see the. Oh, the penny dropped so far down and it was grossed out. It's a scabie yeah. in a human being or, and I'm not going to say this right, demo, demodictosis. I said that awfully. Demodictosis, which is why demodictosis. we, which is why we went, fuck that. We'll call it scabies. It's far yeah, too much. Yeah, much. 
much shorter as it rhymes with babies. <laughs> the motor totus doesn't rhyme with babies. So it's disgusting. It's really yeah. foul. Now, in, in humans, it doesn't happen so much anymore for multiple reasons. We wash ourselves plenty. We also spray ourselves with things. Mites do not like, you know, perfume. They're not here for the clarins, you know, that we put on in the morning. They do not like any of the smells. They like the funk. They like the dead skin. They like the crusticles, if you will, which is why dogs and cats are constantly fighting these guys off because dogs and cats don't have, um, you know, the smells and, and they're constantly shedding and they're constantly mm, mm. scratching themselves, so there's dead skin everywhere all the time. So actually, they're the sizzler, not so much us. Definitely um, with their um, open pores. Yeah. Mm, mm. And and where they go as well, you know, they're they're everywhere all the time. Whereas mm. you won't find us around the corner peeing on. Oh, maybe. Well, we'll, well leave that there. Yeah, a um, few people. How do they diagnose this, Matthew? Skin scraping. So, because what happens is the skin itself starts to flake and discolour and become very itchy and painful. But Mm. as I said, because they've actually buried themselves inside the skin, it's not visible. So, what the veterinarians and and the doctors for us do, they actually go and get a tool and they scrape some skin off. They then analyse the skin under the microscope and there you will find the mites miting away. Oh, wow, yep. mites miting. Mm. So that's how they do that. Um, it's very – the most common form of it in today's society is in the dog, the domestic dog. <laughs> now, to test a dog – if so if you've got a dog, let's say, dear valued listener, you're looking down at, you know, little puppy do over there and you notice there's a little bit of a pink bit, maybe mm. purple, maybe red. And you think, well, fuck, I don't want to go to the vet. I don't have vet insurance anymore. And we all know that going to the vet these days is about as costly as anything that can be, but we love our fur babies. Mm -hmm. And you think, but I don't know if that's it. Let's test it myself. Well, let me tell you how to do that, Michelle. With a laboratory or you can do it at home? No, this is a home test. Really? Yeah, it's like a rat test for COVID. You can do this for yourself. So you get the puppy up on your lap or the big dog, whatever it is, and you scratch around the dog's ear Internally and externally. I should have mentioned that mites in particular like the ear. Again, it's a big hole. Well, also because the hair follicles on a dog's ear are finer. Yeah. So it's much easier for them to slide inside that part where it's on the body. If you think about a Labrador, for example, or a German Shepherd, the body fur is much thicker and coarser. So it, okay. fills, it fills up the follicle, but on the ear, it's much softer. And, you know, a dog's ears quite got soft ears, softer yeah. ears. So you'll scratch around the dog's ear internally and externally. Now we do that all the time anyway, but this time pay attention because if the dog raises its hind leg in a scratching oh. motion... It is a 95% sign that this dog has mites proliferating in the ear area of the dog. So the dog has an awareness that you're scratching something inside its ear, so you've ruptured the mite area, and it will start to do the scratch itself with Gee. its hind leg. That At that point, you wash your hands and you take the dog to the veterinarian. Okay. So, yes, that's like where you intervene with a PCR test, otherwise... Yep. If otherwise, the dog doesn't do the scratch. You you just you leave it be, and you don't spend the money on the vet. Yep, absolutely. Um, now, look, the mange is very treatable these days with topical creams. You clean the bedding of the animal and the human, and there are various bath concoctions with chemicals and more. Mites are very small, but they're very resilient. But they do not like anything other than just the skin and the hair follicle. 
So, you know, these topical creams that get introduced have the smallest amount of the chemical inside them that makes the mite go away, like it's 0.01%. But that's enough for these mites to be either killed off or run for the hills. Got you. But on the flip side, the mange can and does kill animals, Um, you know, especially animals that are not in homes, you know, so animals on the street, dogs on the street, it will kill them. It will take over their entire skin area and Mm -hmm. the infection will just continue until the dog can no more. And I looked at some heartbreaking images of that that I do not want to discuss. It puts me in mind of Bali. I've seen this. Yeah, it's so sad. sad It's it's really, really sad. But I'm not angry at the mite because the mites just doing what evolution gave it to do. You know, mm. the mites mm. sitting here going, don't hate on me, bitch. This is my shtick and I'm doing what I can. It's um, like getting angry with sharks for eating people over here in Perth. It's what they do. That's what they know? do. Don't get yeah. in the ocean, you twat, but we'll leave We're that. in the way. That's right. We are yeah. in the way. That's their habitat, but you know how I feel about that. It reminds me of the Spanner Crab from season one and I'm not going there. Okay. I'd like to wrap up the mange, please, Michelle. I found a poem. Oh. A mange poem. Really? Yep. Now, this mange poem is by a man called Mark Wunderlich. I said that mm-hmm. perfectly. I'm not saying it you again. Did. And it's you. called Coyote with Mange. Are you ready? Uh, as I'll ever be. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, unreadable one, why have you done this to your dumb creature? Why have you chosen to punish the coyote? Rummaging for chicken bones in the dung heap, shucked the fur from his tail and fashioned it into a scabby cane? Why have you denuded his face, tufted it, so that when he turns, he looks like a slow child unhinging his face in the smile? The coyote shambles, the crow hops, keeps his head low, and without fur, his now visible pizzle is a sad red protuberance. I've got two more. I've got two more stanzas. Please, Michelle. His hind legs, the backward image of a bandy-legged grandfather stripped. Why have you unhoused this wretch? From one, his aesthetic virtue taken from him that which kept him from burning in the sun like a man. Why have you pushed him from this world into mine, stopped him there and turned his ear toward my warning shout? There you go, Michelle. Oh. It's very visual, isn't it? It did. It, 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 it's sort of like an ode to the might, really. There you go, Michelle. So that's the mange. Um, I hope I've shed some light or some skin on the mange for you and not the you mangy. shed some light on the pizzle. <laughs> like pizzle a protuberance. Mm, not a dog. <laughs> it was a coyote. Mark Wunderlicht. But the coyote is uh, is canine, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah all related. Or oh, I'll let you have that mm. one, darling. You've got a pink pizzle. <laughs> would you like a bit of um, We've all got a moisture pink. right now? I would, because my pink pizzle is showing. I'll chuck you some moisture. This is Michelle's moist moment. What's making me moist? What's making me moist today is messing about in boats. Ooh. So I know I've been down to Fremantle to watch the huge sailboats and uh, I got really excited and a little bit 
jealous and I'd really love to go out and give it a go. Mm-hmm. I used to sail a long, long time ago and messing about in boats, thanks to Kenneth Graham, Wind in the Willows, which is where that um, little saying comes from. Messing about in boats is a beautiful thing to do for your soul. It's also very good for your uh, muscles. It's not so good for your skin because you can get burnt and um, that's not so fantastic. I love watching people on boats. I love being on boats. I love being around boats. I want to get into sailing again, I think. Yeah, that's definitely what that sounded like, Michelle. And go and get moist out there on the water ways. Mm, mm. Mm. So messing about on boats, could we clarify? What do we mean by that? Because if one said they were messing about in the bedroom, it would have a sexual connotation. I'm just wondering what you mean by messing about on boats. This is the little um, quote from Wind in the Willows. Uh, uh, And I think it's, yeah, Ratty talking to Mole. Believe me, my young friend, there is nothing, absolutely nothing, half so much worth doing as simply messing about in boats. Mole and Ratty hang out on the waterway and um, mess about in boats. They fish, Mm. they picnic, Mm. sometimes they sleep in the boat. Mm. And there's just something, there's something evocative from my childhood having been ha- having hung out on boats a lot, um, that it puts me in mind of the just the level of comfort that I had as a kid, I suppose, being around boats. So I still like to mess about in them, even though I'm now old. And can I ask you, Michelle, the boat, you, you know, is it boat all the way up to a ship or are we talking like boat? You know, I'd never, ever cruise. I don't want to go on a boat that big. I don't want to go on a boat that's as big as a city. The idea freaks me out. Mm. And the idea of seeing the same people your whole holiday on, the, you know, at the buffet, round and round and round, casino, <laughs> and I got it. No, no, no. Okay, so it's boats. It's smaller. It's Not yachting. that big boat, but, but, a, but, a, but a sailing boat with some room to sleep on it. Mm. Is, yeah, so 21 foot. Right, just to be specific, 21 foot. It's got a yeah. yeah nice bedroom down below, maybe a captain and a chef, a sous chef. Yeah. Of course. Of course. <laughs> yes, yes. We've got below decks. We've got a whole crew down there. Absolutely. Yes, um, yes. I like that that's making you moist. I love Fremantle. What a beautiful little city that is. Fremantle is gorgeous. Subiaco, I would love to be able to own property there, but that won't probably happen in my lifetime. It's um, um, a really beautiful part of Perth, though, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I love Fremantle. I've spent, uh, I spent a couple of days there and I caught up with a friend and I thought it was gorgeous. And then actually, sidebar, I was sitting on the, the Fremantle docks there, right on the, the beach. Yeah, and, yeah. And um, I was there with my friend Kalan and we were eating ice creams and a um, beautiful seagull flew above her and shat on her. Oh, I loved well, it. Well, she'll never forget. I loved it. I love watching people get never shat on. It's so enjoyable. As long oh. as it's not you, that's what's funny. It's great. It's never My been brother me. actually was standing chatting to me one night at mum and dad's place and he was looking up trying to work out where a particular tree had been chopped down and he, he turned to me after having his face up in the sky and went, oh, fuck, that was a bird. It's just shat in my mouth, <gasps> right in my mouth. Stop it. And what bird was flying around at night? As in his mouth? In wow. his mouth. And this is my, the, the brother that that would happen to. You know, you got yep. one sibling. Yep. It, that shit's going to, yep, that he was it. And, and he it ate happened. the shit. It didn't even hit him on the cheek. He ate the And I imagine bird shit tastes horrific. Oh, can you? Oh. No, Ooh. moving on. 
All right, look, so Michelle, um, maybe we should move into your word. Uh, let's see what wonderful word I gave you this week, my darling. Okay, well, I just wanted to quickly check with you um, the pronunciation of this word. So I think that, I mean, I know there's a number of different ways that we can pronounce it and I'll go through those, but the way that you've given it to me I think is matus. No. Or ma- oh, okay. What is it? Mateus? It has no T in it, darling. It's mal- malleus. What? <laughs> what? The word, oh. the word, my love, that you were given is malleus. I'm probably not pronouncing that right. It's M-A-L-L-E-U-S, and it is a bone in the human body. Oh, well, I've, I've taken your handwritten note to me to be M-A-T-H. E-U-S. Oh, so you've created... So that's a, what you're getting. You've created a whole new word and it's my name. It's actually your name. I was thinking it was a little bit conceited. Oh, my goodness. Part. Okay. It's like, oh, I've given you Matthias or Matus <laughs> and that's actually my name. I just want to hear about it. I want to hear about it for a couple of me, minutes. Me, 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 more me. Okay, dear valued listener. That's actually what I've done, so there you go. Dear valued so, listener, I actually didn't give her that word at all. Her word was Malus or Malus, which is um, I'm horrified that she couldn't read my writing. I pride myself on gorgeous handwriting. This is really upsetting. And now we have to listen about me. Well, I guess it's a bit of back backflap for bloody Mick float, isn't it? Maybe we should start. We need to start typing these things to each other. I Michelle. think maybe we do. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to check the rest of my list. God knows. God knows. <laughs> well, Matus is what you're getting, Matthew. Whether <laughs> you like it or not. Oh my so, God, Matus, and it is actually a name. As well, it's a name. Um, is from the Hebrew and uh, to the Latin. Mm. So Hebrew um, was Mat. Matityahu. Oh. I know. And Matthias is yep. the Italian, is the, sorry, a Latin, not Italian. Yep. Um, so Matus is actually the Portuguese <laughs> version <laughs> of, its, of its name. <laughs> so Matus in the Bible Mat- or Matthias is uh, Matthew, yes. St. Matthew, uh, one of the apostles, formerly a tax collector, then became an apostle because that's, pretty much what you expect on anyone's CV, mm-hmm. from tax collector to Jesus justifier. <laughs> so, um, and I really mean it by justifier because his gospel, the reason it exists is, one, to make women feel even worse than they did feel before they read it and 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 to just be reminded that, no, you can't have any sort of position in this church. No, no. But also it's to prove that everything that happened in the Bible is actually true. So the story behind Matthias or Matthias or Matus is that he was a tax collector who was really good at shorthand and his shorthand would ensure that everything that he heard would be recorded Absolutely accurately, Ooh. word for word is the word is the term that priests use. Verbatim, verbatim, exactly, which wow. is the term that they use when they're saying the mass in Latin. So Matthias Matus was also the bloke who replaced Judas Iscariot after mm. Judas had given him uh, given Jesus a little smackaroo, gave him a uh, gave him the kiss that uh, betrayed him. And have you ever wondered why some of the religious denominations have a problem with homophobia when, you know, blokes kissing, was, it was all the way through the Bible. That's how Judas gave up 
mm. Jesus to the to the Romans. So wow. I know. I've just so, got. To, I've got to interrupt you and say at this point, I'm much preferring this this exploration than. Malleus. I know Malleus would have been boring. This is so much more interesting. Just hearing you say Matus, Matthias, and Matthias six times a minute is wonderful. Well, let me let me read you some other ways of saying it. In Armenian, it would be Matibos. Oh, that's cool. In mm, in uh, Greek, it would be. Mateos. Mm-hmm. Mateos. Mateos, thank you. Mm. In Danish, it would be Mads. Oh, they love a DZ, don't they? Was that like Madge? Yes. Yeah, they yes, love yes, a DZ. Yes, they yes, love lots it. Lots of consonants, exactly. Mm. Um, in German, it would be Mataus. Mm. And then I'll give you last one is, let's say, yes, Polish, Macjedge. <laughs> And I'll give I'll give you one more. We'll wrap it up with this one more, if you don't mind. My I so my name, D Valley listener. My name is Matthew, but it is the French spelling, so it, it's M A T H I E U, which, if you are French, is pronounced Mathieu. Um, we've just heard every other one, but Michelle didn't want to give us the French one. She thought, no, no, I won't give you your own bloody name. I'll give you Madge. But I was not yours. It for you. Yeah, I was well, I'm popping it, it in there. But I actually had, so I had a, a French side to my family and then a Dutch side to my family. And in with my grandmother, my Oma, who's no longer with us, she couldn't quite wrap her head around the way to pronounce it in the French way. So she used to call me Muche. Oh, I quite like that. Yeah, it's gorgeous. She'd, she'd go, Muche, Muche, you want some more chicken soup? And I'm like, always. You don't need to freaking ask me that. Give me that chicken soup. She made a really good chicken soup. Um, but Muche is another way to also pronounce it if you're my Oma. Muche, I like that very much. Mm. I did get a little bit sidebarred in this research and went down a rabbit hole of baby's name. Ooh. Um, so I just needed to share a couple with you, some with you that don't them because mm-hmm. um, oh, I love them so much. Yadid. Ooh. Yadid, we're starting with a Y. I know. Gorgeous. Jaeger. Like Jaeger bomb? Conan, just because I think so. I think so, which I guess would be not so good once you got to 18. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, your parents um, are the ones drinking Moscato with their uh, Fruit Loops if you called Jaeger. Mm hmm. <laughs> exactly. Conan. As in Conan the Barbarian, yeah. I was interested to see that that was still getting a mention on baby names list. My favourite one was Swate, Swate, because it sounds a lot like a boxer spitting, I reckon. Swate, oh, like Daryl Brace Swate. <laughs> yes, without the start of that word, yes, exactly. Swate. Daryl Swate, it's Swate like to his mates. It's like you've got a lisp, like I'm running Swate. <laughs> I'm Swate ahead. Swate over there. <laughs> I love it. In 2016, I have to. In 2016, Matthias Matus was the 15th most popular name. Of course, it was for baby boys. Of course, it was, darling. Um, And I think it actually means gift from God. You're welcome. Ah, it does. Or gift of your Yahweh, indeed. Yes. Mm, Yes. Finally, I'll share with you one of my favourite names of a soccer player. Matthias is a very common name for soccer players, all of whom have incredibly exotic names. This is Mateus Celestino Morishe mm. Rodriguez. Oh, you just, oh, don't you love it? You want to see him in his gym sweats, you can just feel it. Rodriguez. And it sounds like he'd be good at footy too. Yeah, absolutely. He gets paid mm-hmm. shitloads more than we do. 
or we get paid exactly. nothing. <laughs> um, exactly. Loved it, loved it, Michelle. You've just spent ten minutes talking about Moy. So, and I wanted to hear about because I, I thought you asked me to. <laughs> I really didn't. I wanted to hear about the smallest bone in the human body, the malleus. But you know what, dear valued listener, I think she nailed it. I think she's taken probably something that was as dull as a bag of hammers and turned it into me. So <laughs> I love that you didn't even ask me. You didn't even reach out and go, do you really want me to talk about you? Shit, mate. <laughs> I mean, narcissist much? Oh, but I tell you what, um, we'll leave Melius. I think that's one that can be, we can put that to the side. I really enjoyed that, actually. You gave me lots to ponder on me. Especially because it was completely unexpected. That's right. Yeah. I thought you could get <clears throat> some biology. Which will lead me into, if you don't mind, please, Matthew's Monday mood. What's your mood today, darling? My mood today is... Um, Look, I wasn't sure if I was going to do this because it's now erring on the side of therapy and counselling a little bit. And as you know, I'm at uni doing my Masters of Such. Oh, that was a bit of a flex, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, my mood today is forgiveness, but I'm going to take it a step further and I'm going to say that my mood today is self-forgiveness. I wanted to talk about just briefly how hard we are on ourselves. I find in the last... Um, a little while I found there's been quite a lot of instances of other people in my life being able to forgive each other. We're, we're pretty good. I think human beings are pretty good at forgiving other people when appropriate. So if there's an apology or an accountability or, you know, some kind of, oops, um, you know, I've made a mistake, can you forgive me? We are pretty good, right? Like at, at looking at that person and going, okay, like you're not you're not pretending and you're not um, running from it, so I'm going to forgive you. But we don't show ourselves that same compassion, and in the last couple of, you know, little whiles, I've, I've heard so many people that I care about dearly really, you know, lament on the things that they may have done in their lives that they see as, I'm not going to say unforgivable, but as negative. So an action or a behavior or a something or other that has left them feeling like, oh, why did I do that? Like I'm, it was terrible. I'm not good enough, you know, rah, rah, rah. And I think to myself, I wish that we could be as compassionate with ourselves as we can be with others. We tend to really be so hard on ourselves because it's an internal conversation, right? If someone's Mm. standing in front of you, you know, and with a tear in their eye and they say, please forgive me, it's pretty hard to go, no, get fucked. Although power to you if that's the situation. I'm being very general here and obviously every situation is different. But when it's you to you, right, like you're in bed at night and it's just before you fall asleep and that that voice starts to gripe and grind at you and, and bring up the things that you maybe shouldn't have done, we're not as compassionate and we're not as forgiving And I would like to say to all of us, me, you, and everyone listening, to just really sit with that for a minute and see if we can all be a little bit more self-forgiving because I think life is hard enough with the shit that gets thrown at us at every angle all the time and we don't need to add to that by lamenting on the, the decisions that we may or may not have made that may or may not be positive. If they're negative, you know what? Forgive yourself. It has happened It's done. We don't need to take that any further. We don't need to bury it into our bodies. We can actually just look at ourselves and go, you know what, I'll I'll use myself, case in point, you can say, you know what, Matthew, learn something from this. You've made a mistake. 
but I forgive you, I'm not going to carry this on because if we carry it on, it just gets so bloody heavy and worse and grows. So that's Matthew's Monday mood. I know that's a bit, I know I'm getting a bit emotional and, and a bit, you know. It's really so- lovely and it, it's such a good point by Matthew that we um, we really suffer when we don't forgive ourselves. Mm. We suffer in immediate ways, but we suffer in the future as well. Mm-hmm. I was listening to an amazing discussion with the mind mindfulness coach who works with Ash Barty after she'd won the Australian Open and he was talking about the negative impact of not being able to let it go when you make a mistake on the tennis court you can lose the match eventually you know Mm -hmm, if if, mm -hmm. um if you don't move on let let it go that's right yeah yeah and he was talking as well about how hard we find it as humans to do that for ourselves, mm. even though in an academic way understand all of the reasons why we should, it is very, very difficult. Whereas, as you say, when someone's standing in front of you with a tear in their eye, it's very hard not to yeah. forgive them. Yeah, I because, love that. Because our, our brains, when we're standing in front of people now, they know, right, they've studied the vagus nerve and, and we actually do feel what the other one feels. A part of our um, nervous system attunes to the person in front of us and we feel it. And so it's, you know, it's really only psychopaths or, or if the situation has been extremely unforgivable that you don't, you know, succumb to that feeling. And when I say self-forgiving uh, or forgiving yourself, I don't mean ignore it because that's not helpful either. That's no. just stuffing it down and storing it into your body. What I mean is actually taking ownership with yourself and going, okay, that's happened. I've done that. I've said that or whatever, whatever. What have I learned from it? How does it mm. feel that I did that? What have I learned from it? And you know what? It's okay. I'm going to forgive myself for that action so that when, you know, the future comes up and you may be faced with that crossroad of that again, the pathways in your brain are going to tell you which way to go. And it's going to be the, the, you know, hopefully the way that doesn't require forgiveness. You've already kind of created a, a, a future self, which is more compassionate and able to actually do the things that don't need to be taking accountability for. So Matthew's Monday mood is a little schmutzy and a little whoopsy, but it is forgiveness. And in particular, it's forgiving ourselves. Schmoopsy and whoopsy are both technical terms, yes? Absolutely. Excellent. Michelle, you know that, Michelle. After we've just heard 15 minutes of Matthias, I love it. Absolutely love it. Oh, Lord. Devalued listener, thank you for your patience with us. Oh, we're having fun. Hey, look, fun. they've stuck around for a whole season. They're still here. I can tell you that we're having fun and hopefully you can hear that in our voices. That's time up for episode two. We've, we've come to an end. Thank you so much for today. I've enjoyed it immensely. Mm, I think I, I might make a masaka out of all of the things that we've talked about. Oh, I love the masaka. Yum. Delicious. Yeah, but it's based on eggplant, which is the worst thing in the world. Stop talking. Eggplant deserves mange. That's what that deserves. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I love eggplant. <gasps> oh, my it goodness. It goes with smushy, mama. Okay, listen, we'll have to debrief on that one later. But um, let's also start <laughs> typing our words to each other so that we actually yes, have let's. a show. Yes, from now on, I'm going to also check with you the rest of the list. Just to be sure. But thank you everyone for listening and we hope you've enjoyed episode two. Bye. Goodbye.